The night before, I flew into London and stayed at a friend's apartment. I was exhausted. The next morning, was dropped off at Piccadilly train station and bought a ticket to Liverpool. I had looked at a map and decided that Liverpool was a good place to start a ride. It would take me up to the Lake District and over the highlands into Edinburgh. Seemed good to me. Fresh air, beautiful lakes, and the amazing highlands. I felt destined for adventure. At the station, I put my small pack on my back and went to the front storage car to get my large box. I dragged the box into the train station, carved out a place to work, and opened the box. There were all my belongings and my bicycle that I had started assembling in the train station. In an hour, it was all assembled and all items stored in bike bags. I changed my clothes right there in public. What the heck? No one cared. I rode the bike out of the station and headed north. It took a while, but soon found my way out of the city and headed for Ormskirk. Found a lovely B&B and settled in for the night. In a few days, I was riding through the Lake District, amazed by the poetic beauty. Tall pines, wonderful lakes set at the base of rolling mountains, covered in fields of cow wheat. Wild angelica interlaced with common butterwort, with endless shrubs of heather. As William Wordsworth wrote it, I wanted to wander lonely as a cloud through the district gulping in the beauty that surrounded me. There was no question. It was pure in its form. Every stream, marsh, mountain peak, and wonderful valley was the perfect brushstroke for an artist. It gave me clarity about God and the genius and purity of angelic existence. I was lost in the magnificence of the area, and soon I could feel a raindrop or two. It started to rain and soon would not let up. I was wearing a biker's poncho, giving me little protection. I started to feel like I was swimming through this paradise. For at least an hour, I rode in solid rain, soaking every inch of me and feeling despondent. Passing a driveway, I noticed a porch at what seemed to be a cozy, romantic inn, tucked away by high hedgerows. The force of the rain and the wind had me turn the bike around, and I pedaled up to the porch to park myself out of the rain for a few minutes. Oh, dear, you look drenched. I looked up and realized that I had parked my bike in front of a large kitchen window that was wide open. Oh, just please give me a few minutes to organize myself and I'll be on my way, I said. No such thing, the woman said, as she requested the older gentleman in the kitchen to come over and open the door for me. Come in, young man, he said with an earnest and kind voice. I walked in the kitchen to be met by three older people. The white-haired woman said, I'll start you some tea, and Willie, get out some quiche from the morning to heat up for the young man. Within minutes, a complete meal of quiche, potatoes, fruit, and hot rolls were being arranged for me. Martha, show the young man a place to change into other clothes and get the wet clothes in the dryer. 
I spent a couple of hours with the two women and the older gentleman. It was marvelous and tender to see them so enthused about my adventure and their amazing hospitality. I was shocked by their kindness and ever-doting gestures. In the end, I asked if I could pay for their time, food, and efforts. They simply laughed at my request and packed some raw vegetables and fresh bread for my trip. I felt as if nature had forced me upon the inn, somehow guided me and somehow pushed. Was it real? Was it a dream? The Lake District and all its wonderful charm? All I know is that I had found the place where nature and all its beauty had met with humanity and all its wisdom. Off I went into no rain and the wonderful smell of wet forest pine after good rain. Crossed over a couple of ancient stone bridges and ascended a large hill as I made my way out of the district heading for the highlands. The trees began to thin out and I was riding through rolling grassy hills. That evening I found another B&B and noticed a quiet town with older gentlemen at the pub wearing thick gray suits. There were no women to be found, though I noticed a small window the bartender used to pass drinks to under part of the pub that was off limits. I headed home after a pint and called it a night. There were several days in the highlands, mostly by myself and thousands of sheep crossing the roads here and there. They became my only friends during this time. Several hundred miles of open fields and grazing sheep. The small towns along their way were all Scottish villages dedicated to a conservative view of a dignified way of life. The towns were incredibly clean. Mostly no one on the streets. The pubs all the same. Men with wool suits and an accent that seemed more like a song than a conversation. They seemed to be in their own magical world of talk song, all in a conversation that was stern and a clear sign of self-reliance. It all seemed defiant to me, if to say they were Scottish Highlanders and proud of it. I was happy to make it into Edinburgh and meet up with friends, completing the bike trip and set and set to tour the locks and islands. Our road trip to Findhorn turned out uneventful. I was looking for the golden answer, anticipating meeting someone who could guide me through my questions. All in a day. Blame it on youth, ignorance, and anticipation, reducing the opportunity to simply be aware of my surroundings. The center seemed profoundly serious, and I was with good friends looking for adventure and fun. Finally, some kind people guided me to a family on the Isle of Skye. They were well known around the community. It seemed like a good plan to go spend a few days with them at their B&B set on a farm. A few days of touring Glencoe, mountain hiking and picnicking on the locks was part of the journey. The sights and sounds of the way to sky was amazing. To look out on Loch Ness from an abandoned 11th century castle was breathtaking. Deep blue waters 
seen from large ancient stone walls surrounded by steep mountains and distant mist. I was surrounded with young friends gulping in the scenery and brimming with excitement, wanting to get back in the car and see what the next view would be. Finally, we made it to Portree, the small town at the entrance to the island. It was main income seemed to be the distillery of Drambui. We stopped in for fish and chips at a small pub and sang with the local musicians and then out to the farm. To step into the island is like stepping away from life as we know it. The lush hills, mountains in the distance, continuous mist, and a thick green moors are beauty beyond understanding. Anyone we talked to were clear that they lived with the spiritual world on this island. Many of the islands talked about their event of facing of coming face to face with one spiritual entity or another. The family we stayed with were remarkably kind and generous. Their beauty and blonde hair and earthiness were magic. It was like they were somehow connected to the earth. It became clear to me that there are special places on the planet where heaven and earth meet in a soft mist and the angels dance with the living. I had found that special spot and was deeply taken, knowing that life is a spark full of love and grace.